0: Community, I'm Chrissy, the founding director of Castec Project. Welcome to the land of the Web3. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Martin Hisbok, uh, who, who is the head of blockchain research at Uphold, um, to give us a sense of what's going on in the Web3 landscape uh, from not only his point of view, but from the, the larger world of uh, uh, institutions and investments, and 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 his his view on what is likely going to happen uh, that we need to pay attention to. So, welcome, Martin. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, So uh, I I want to kind of give Martin an opportunity to kind of introduce uh, what he what he do and what his organization does and what his most what the thing that he's most interested in in this field that we call crypto and Web3. And so so what is what is uh, the introduction for like the context of what your participation in this field?
1: Um, well, as my title says, I'm the head of blockchain research, which means I research blockchain. Um, I do, on the one hand, all kinds of research into all sorts of topics that, uh, from the basic technology of blockchain, uh, the different blockchains that exist, um, alternatives to existing blockchains, you know, different proofs, proof of work, of stake, of time, of observable reputation. Um <laughs> I do that with an eye on the future. So I'm trying to identify what the next uh, step will be. And I do more hands-on research uh, because I work for Uphold. Uphold is a wallet, custodial wallet and a crypto asset management company. And uh, for that different departments come with different requirements. You know, they ask me, certain questions that, that my team of researchers has to answer. So it's on the one hand, very, very abstract, forward-thinking research. And on the other hand, it's just heads-on answering pragmatic questions that arise every day in the running of a big company like Apple.
0: Mm, Absolutely. So, you know, when we talk about research, you know, obviously, there is just keeping track of all the things that happens. And and it's like a wave of information hot for any team to really keep track of, you know, and also there's an aspects of like qualitative versus quantitative. I know you have some thoughts about can you really measure the quantitative part of blockchain? Are we really just kind of storytelling and telling each other what every project is doing? Is that really what's driving the interest or is there some model of understanding it more quantitatively
1: at this stage? There's always uh, in every project, every aspect there is, you know, what what makes the project good is always the utility, the the novelty and the community. These Mm. are the three things that, that pertain to every single project. The most successful projects are those that have all three right? The most pointless ones are those that only have novelty and nothing else, right? Or only community, but no substance behind it. In terms of blockchain, of course, there's data, there's plenty of data, and it's very transparent data. And that's the beauty of of blockchain. But that is also the challenge of blockchain. Um, There are are certain things in, in blockchain that I think are being completely misjudged by the community at this point, we are in the initial adoption phase, we're in the dream phase. Uh-huh. The same pertains to, to Web3. Web3, for example, to me is the horrible marketing term is one of these catch-all, say-nothing terms uh-huh. that the media um, embraces and they, they don't necessarily last you know, they, they, they don't necessarily convey uh, things to come. Um, so part of my my research is also studying the, the societal impact of blockchain, uh-huh. what these different technologies means mean for society, and where we could be terribly wrong. You know, there, there are many, many projects that are now being hailed as the holy grail of this or that. And they actually have enormous dangers um, hidden that most people who adopt them are not yet aware of.
0: Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the technology externality has been the main complaint uh, for even the big tech Silicon Valley, which is that the innovators do their thing and then everybody is come to rescue the societal harm that comes from, you know, news feeds and 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 monetized attention and stuff like that. What do you think is the thing that is most likely to go horrible wrong, horribly wrong, if we continue this particular trajectory of crypto, blockchain, Web three?
1: Well, one of the first things that is already going wrong, in in a way, for example, is a few years back, central banks, banks around the world, and I used to work very closely with several banks. Uh, they caught on to the idea okay we have all this money we print all this money we cut down these trees or we we make this paper pulp and it costs us a lot of money to print the money distribute the money uh why don't we make all this money digital did the first digital money projects precede blockchain right they they Uh they, they existed even before blockchain Uh and then blockchain came along and just gave us this immutable distributed ledger and this highly secure form of doing money, and then, at first glance, it sounds like the natural evolution of money. Um, it maybe you know maybe Bitcoin is maybe Bitcoin itself the original purest form of digital money that we have. Maybe that is, but even in Bitcoin, you can trace things. You know, there was a case just uh, reported on a, uh, a few months ago where the, the CIA uh, or the FBI you know, traced a fraud case from 2016. Uh-huh. So I think what we'll see in the future is public resistance. That the strange thing about crypto is that it started as an anarchic project of yes. saying, you know, yeah. I control my own being. I control my finances, myself, my future. And nobody can tell me what to do. And this is the idea behind DeFi, for example. I control my money, I, I do what I want with it. But in truth, there is nothing more documented than blockchain, right? If I want to do something illegal, I take a suitcase full of cash. I'm not going to do a transaction on the blockchain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as people get aware, uh, become aware of the fact that blockchain is not that nefarious instrument of drug financing and money laundering but is in fact the most traceable thing in the in the history of mankind ever yes Uh, central there's going to be resistance for example against the idea of central banks releasing a digital currency
0: yes yeah it's like the the transparency and then control and now it's controlled by an entity you know that's not in any way having any consensus beyond the political process
1: yeah and you see in many economy many economies in the world not just developing countries depend on certain gray zone money flows mm-hmm. where people don't pay taxes where money changes hands under the table where you earn an extra income that you don't tax uh I don't mean that at all in a negative sense. For some economies in certain development stages, this is essential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, many African countries, many Asian countries. Um, if you look at the Indonesian economy, for example, it would completely collapse without the ability of having untraceable cash transactions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even, you know, even in in the developed world, in, in Europe or in the States. You have the problem that a large percentage of economic activity depends on cash changing hands. And if that were made traceable, it will complicate things. And if you look at the example of China, China was the first country to introduce the, the digital yen. Now we have, I don't know, 260 million people transacting in a way that the Communist Party of China can supervise. So, you know, theoretically, I'm not saying they're doing it because I think it would require a lot of computing power, but theoretically, you could find dissidents by certain patterns that artificial intelligence would, would be able to show you uh, that a dissident frequents certain areas, makes certain transactions in a certain amount, and thus through data mining plus the digital money would would enable us to identify any type of political orientation. You know, there's, there's lots of, um, when the, one of the first things that changed in the world um, when Facebook came along is that people suddenly realized, for example, the sexual orientation of somebody who was in Facebook simply by data mining the type of people they were connected with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, Not necessarily
0: explicit uh, declaration, but the association and essentially the clustering
1: of of yeah. of, of uh, traits. So on the one hand, Web three, uh, if if we continue to use that horrid phrase, Web three is nothing else but our existing internet economy on uh, blockchain technology, and and where data science comes into Web three is by making it secure but also by gaining access to the data. And uh, there's this famous saying is this, there is no such thing as anonymous data, there is just not enough effort. Right? <laughs> so if you uh, in the I was involved in a project many, many years ago of putting sensors into cities to control air pollution in Hong Kong back then. And actually what the problem did was find out where the most concentration of illegal hawker stalls was, Mm. or for example, in Boston, they installed sensors in the sewage system and then were able to, uh, to find meth labs and, and the, and the largest concentration of cocaine and, and 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 weed consumption right
0: yeah i think that's positive needs- side effect that that is that they were also able to use that same apparatus to figure out COVID, Uh uh um, yes, yes yes
1: yes yeah. <laughs> there's always there's always a good side to it yes, absolutely yes, yes. absolutely <laughs> but i think what people underestimate is the power of data science and if web 3 happens the way that people now dream that it will happen then this might bring unintended consequences.
0: Yeah, and then I think data science and blockchain especially is one of those things where the the data on the on-chain is public and is kind of accessible all, but the analytics huh? is only accessible to the few who can pay for it. I'm yeah. sure contracting with chain analysis is not cheap, right? Uh, to yeah. get someone to look into the Bitcoin blockchain to discover something is a state-level you know, maybe institution, state level type of power. Do you think the democratization of data science on top of the shared data would be, uh, uh, at least give everybody the same tools, right? Uh, or do you think that any further analysis on this data will end up just going into the wrong direction?
1: No, Not necessarily to the wrong direction, but it will remain in the hands of a few. Mm, yeah. You know, we thought, for example, we, we always have expectations of things to come that usually never turn out the way they, they should. Yes. Uh, yes. One of the problems is that the people who carry this revolution in blockchain are lo- by and large people so young that they don't fully remember the dot-com bubble. Mm-hmm. And when the internet um, began in earnest, everybody built their own website for their own project right you there were like 200 different websites for buying pet food right and then there was a pet food website and then in the end everybody's buying their pet food on amazon yes yeah so right now we are saying web3 will change all that it will make it fully decentralized fully open My biggest worry is that full decentralization is simply not the the desirable outcome. Mm -hmm. Because um, what you've seen this year is is very, very interesting in in sociological terms. Um, Before January, we talked about people being doxed or not doxed, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if a project were, were only composed of not doxed People then the risk of it being a rock pool was raised, and if they were all docs, then it was unlikely to be a rock pull
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, first of all, the data doesn't bear that out. There's more rock pools with docs people than there is with anonymous Interesting. people. Interesting. Statistically. Yeah. Um, and then far bigger sums, you know, because people trust the person. Right.
0: It's more permission given because of that. uh,
1: It's more trust. The the entire, at the heart of all of human endeavor, of human life, human existence, of economic activity is trust. No, I'm not going to marry somebody if I don't trust them. I'm not going to send my money to uh, Batavia and they will bring a shipload of spices back from Batavia, as it were, in, in the 16th century. Even in tribal societies, even, even before uh, re- written records existed, everything we do, the, the reason why we invented language is because of trust. And whereas before uh, we trusted the clan, the family, the village, but not the people of the next village, mm-hmm. mind you, you know? Yep. The- And then things grew and we became a nation state. And then we trusted the people in the nation state. The whole beginning of the last century, these wars were about, I only trust the people in my nation state, right? Who speak the same language, who have the same culture. And we are still in that age and blockchain breaks all that down. And suddenly this dream arises that we do not need corporations anymore. We do not need nation states. Where we are, now is at a complete dissolution of the idea of self you know we all thought that when the metaverse arrives we as humans will enter the metaverse in digital form it didn't turn out that way because this uh, the board ape yacht club came along and now every single twitter f- uh, profile is an NFT of a primitive hominid with horrible features, you know, be they stoned, bored, zombie, or whatever. And there is a huge, uh, only last week I came across a project that was uh, governed by a DAO that itself a huge problem. Um, We are all talking about DAO being the future. As of now, the only entity in the world recognizing DAOs in in legal terms is Wyoming. Yes,
0: yeah.
1: So that 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 alone should give you a pause right, right. for thought. Um, in that DAO, they openly declare, okay, our DAO is made up of seven dogs, people, and three NFTs. Mm. That's like saying on the board of my company there are seven people, two dogs, and one snake.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. So uh, the idea of what self is. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and where this is taking us, because from a traditional legal, societal, socioeconomic perspective, being unknown is the antithesis to trust. And just because we have a blockchain doesn't mean we can do without trust in the human behind it.
0: Yeah, and, and I think when you think about technology of like DAOs, you can go back and say, well, the whole concept of corporation is a technology, right? We don't think about things that was innovation back then as technology, but they were technology then, right? To use legal code to construct this synthetic person we call corporation and allow them to participate in most places is the type of kind of. Kind of a, a Lego block that we always play with, just with different technology, whether it's blockchain or parchment paper. Um, so my, my question to you, especially when you talk about trust and DAOs, is: convince me that DAOs are not just nation state that's based on clan, ba- not nation state, maybe even villages based on clan-based trust. You know, DAOs are very much groups of people who find some commonality to come together. Are they decentralized? Are they autonomous or are they even organizations
1: the whole uh, they're neither they're neither decentralized nor autonomous nor organizations not at all the, the, the word is a complete misnomer uh, from, it doesn't matter from which perspective you look at it much of what we call decentralized is not decentralized you know and the problem is that even the things that are truly decentralized are not without a problem because b- being in a state of decentralization does not mean that you're in a state of fair distribution right if you look at bitcoin for example if you talk to a bitcoin maxis and i fully subscribe to that it is truly uh, as it stands the only neutral a project that doesn't have a governing authority in a traditional legal sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but if you let that run, the Bitcoin incentivizes only the creators of the asset, namely the miners. Yes, right. So the bigger the miners, the bigger the power. The miners have now become stock listed, ent- uh, stock exchange listed entities. Mm-hmm right a stock exchange listed entity has a earnings guidance it has all the other accoutrements of a of a traditional stock company so we end up having direct or indirectly we having traditional finance instrument namely the company limited by shares yes controlling yeah. the activities of the completely decentralized blockchain network in a sense and right. nobody else in the in in the bitcoin network is incentivized to do anything right if you if i offer a node if i promote bitcoin there's no incentivization other than the miner itself Mm -hmm. yeah and that that in the long run might be a huge problem Mm -hmm. you know because we are running out of bitcoin obviously there's only 21 million and Let's say there's only a 1,000 left. Who is going to mine the last 1,000, right? It's going to be the the fastest, biggest mining operation left on Uh Earth. And on the way there, we're going to see much more centralization. So even the most decentralized entity you can think of is not truly decentralized. Is it, because money,
0: money, is it because capital likes to pull together the same way? Water likes to run down the gravity and pull in, in local minima zones? So is, is it just nothing you can do when you get capital involved, that capitalism in some form and, you know, mm. corporation is the best structure, the most reliable structure that emerges, get invented every single time? Is it because of the nature of money that because Web3 no. is money or...
1: No, no, no. I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it quite that esoterically. Uh-huh. It's got nothing to do with running waters and stuff. I think it's again trust, uh-huh. right? If there is a dao to govern X, Y, Z, the dao has to be set up by someone. Uh-huh. So behind a-, a dao doesn't spring into existence out of nothing. There is someone behind the dao who makes the dao. And they, they may remain anonymous, they may forever be undoxed, there may never be a natural persona acting on behalf of the DAO, or not even a legal persona, but the DAO has to come into existence through human action, right? And if that person has already created 50 other DAOs that all worked out well, and are all governing profitable project then that person is more trustworthy than the 16 year old high school dropout who creates his first DAO so at Mm -hmm. the end of the day with all the technology and as much as I love it what it comes down to is whether I trust the person behind the project Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah there is no true decentralization or no true anonymity uh, ever. Right. I had a very interesting conversation with a very, very famous person. No, not famous, but well-known, well-regarded person. And and they changed their LinkedIn profile to uh, a board ape. And <laughs> instead of he, him or she, her, they put ape slash virtual. Um, It sounds ridiculous, but there is something behind it, right? We live in a society that is far too big for us. We can relate to to the family, to the partner. You can relate to your children. You can relate to your family. That is... As far as the eye can see, as far as the heart can hold, these are the people in your immediate vicinity uh, that are dear to you and that you trust or care for. As we evolved from a clan-based, village-based, city-based society into nation-states, it became too big, right? And so massive problems of corruptions and factions in a nation-state fought each other. Right, so we are already lost as an individual. We used to be; everyone had to had a specific role in the clan, mm-hmm. in the nation state. Most people who live in the nation state are a mere number or a mere ballot on a ba- thrown in the ballot box. Mm-hmm. They have no other function, no other identity. So they they are. We feel kind of lost, and now the metaverse comes along, and the the human reaction was no. In that metaverse, that is even bigger than the than the nation state, even bigger than the world. It has infinite incarnations. It is an infinite metaverse of infinite possibilities. I, as a human being, I'm going to be completely lost in there. Yeah. I don't want that. So I want to be I want to belong to a subgroup, and I want to be special. And this is where this whole thing with the bored apes comes from, for example. Right. It's the sense of... 10,000? 10,
0: that's 10,000 yeah. Bode. Hey? Right. That, that's a, that's yeah. a smaller number than 400 million something users, right?
1: Exactly. And they're all alike. So there is a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But they are all unique, special. So I enter the universe in the shape of a comic figure that binds me in a clan it could have yeah. been anything right it could have been apes it just happened to be apes it could yeah. have been dogs or mice or whatever a fairy
0: creature. there are penguins and there are cats oh God, right? there's,
1: there's all kinds of creatures now and <laughs> all sorts of creatures will inhabit the, the metaverse yes. and all of them will form groups smaller subgroups in which you can feel somehow at home respected recognized right? yes yeah so in any project whatever it is in any successful brand and i used to work before blockchain i used to work in branding for a long time right at the heart of every brand is always these two things first the uniqueness and the community and after that you look at the quality and utility right yeah yeah i'm not buying whatever i I don't know much about sneakers right but i'm i'm buying the nike sneakers because the nike sneaker owner tribe is a subgroup of the running tribe right and within that i want to have these unique sneakers because then i have uniqueness so community uniqueness at no point in the purchase decision of these sneakers have I ever examined if these sneakers are good, well-made, made without slave labor, in, without pollution or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's, it's always about community and uniqueness that comes first. And that same thing is happening in the metaverse.
0: Yeah, and then, and, and it's kind of an accidental discovery through these kind of uh, uh, crypto punks that like, you know, these numbers of 10K is just the right amount to be yeah. inclusive and exciting, but unique and and I love your word "clan" or "tribe," right? That those are words that we we used to use in Web 2.0 describing communities. And now, you know, we're recognizing that the human system, the human mind, the least evolved things is there's not we been. We have
1: not evolved at all. Not we
0: evolved. iPhone. Right? iPhone has evolved more since iPhone one to thirteen Pro the than mind. the human mind has. Yes.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. We are still clubbing each other to death. <laughs> unfortunately from clan to clan and we are still stealing each other's crop and ruining each other's lives yeah nothing has evolved and the same is going going to go on in the metaverse right if you yeah. look at most yeah. the most successful of these games that are springing up there are games where bands of like-minded people band together to fight other groups of like-minded people right army right. against army like half, half of these communities in crypto are called armies
0: yes yes
1: why doesn't yeah yeah Yeah. what are these dogs like the the shibas why 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 don't they refer to themselves as i don't know a kennel Mm -hmm. right no no it's it's a shiba army right or Mm -hmm. you know all of them have positive sounding home giving sense of belonging bestowing entities right whether it's an army or a community or a club or a tribe or whatever
0: yeah And I think the the human yearn for belonging, especially in the current landscape of Facebook and Netflix, you are literally a number. When you say that in a nation say you're just a vote, well, to Facebook, I'm just a monetization ID, right? Um, And so this idea the Web3 is smaller community and the creation tool for these new boundaries, badges, shields, and, and signals are easier to do than to create another Facebook. I think it's a powerful uh kind of tool to make new communities but i agree with you like i think when we look at if someone says what's the first word that comes to mind with blockchain or crypto is like trustless I don't trust that person anymore, right? Like it is trust. The number one thing is trust. It makes custodial exchanges work. It makes wallet from non-custodial wallet that you trust the person to not deploy code to iOS, to steal your funds, because that's a lot of power to, to do you trust the MetaMask team to not steal your fund? They can clearly get telemetrics out of your wallet. They can clearly get the seed phrase as part of telemetrics, yeah. but you trust that they don't. So even if you go to the boundary of decentralization, trust is absolutely the root of it. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, given that we are within this human evolution structure, nothing has changed. We are having a technology shift, right, um, of some sort, like some sort of database uh, in in Mountain View and Palo Alto, and and some other database that may be more replicated and centralized. People talk about the technology shift to Web three. Now we have agree, I think both of us see this as a non-changing human landscape on yearning and underlying that. What do you think will happen if we continue pushing new technology of blockchain and wallets and trading and, and these NFTs, what do you, what would, what would be the outcome in this shift at the end of the web three shift? Assuming this is too, whether I like the phrase or not, let's say the force will continue, um, what, what would be the likely? short-term outcome, or medium-term
1: The the biggest dream hype of the internet when it came into existence was before the dot-com crash in 2001. All the excitement, all the high aspirations that now a large number of people who run some of these crypto projects in very high positions don't remember. Mm-hmm. Right. They were born. They were, they were toddlers when this happened. Uh-huh. And I, unfortunately, I'm old enough to remember all that. I, I ran the first internet service provider in Taiwan when I was in my 20s. Mm. And the, the hype, this, everybody, could, there was HTML code. That was just marvelous. You know, I was I was there when HTML 1.0 was there. Yep. We just hand we we were handwriting HTML yep. code. Can you imagine? With the
0: marquee and blink tag, just for example. Oh, yes, 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 yes.
1: <laughs> uh, I remember the first websites I not built, I just wrote them, you know. Yep. Um, yeah. all of that happened way before Facebook and Google. I think we are now way before the dot-com bubble. Mm. If I look at the future of blockchain, I think the real winners who may or may not take the dream of Web3 away from us haven't been born yet. Mm. I think there are technologies out there that I'm observing that are so powerful yet as yet completely ignored and i'm not going to uh, mention any any names uh, just to 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 focus on the idea i think that most of what we have now the, the layer 1 the layer twos, the parachains i think all of this is child's play mm-hmm. in the long run mm-hmm. i do not think that any of these I mean, the fact that we have different blockchains that need to be bridged yeah, is from a philosophical standpoint, completely contradictory to the idea of a digital future. You know, I do not want to need to remember if I bought that stuff on Solana or on AVAX or on, on, on Polkadot. Yeah. And it is unwieldy as a user. Right? You cannot expect... The average user with no technical knowledge to make a decision whether Polkadot is better than Avalanche or, or whatever. Right. Just dropping names here by random. Yeah. So then came along companies like Apple, like Google, like Facebook who dominate, who all oh, still do dominate their respective fields by. Not by being innovative, you know, every, every branding seminar I've ever been to, people tell me, Apple is the most innovative company in the world." it's not. It's the, it's the company that makes the things easier to use. It's, it's yep. the best in making things easy, not in innovating. Mm-hmm. And, and Facebook and, and, uh, and Instagram brought with them a kind of usability and, and user experience that is way better than anything we have now.
0: Yeah, I think that the current dApps look more like MySpace and you just wonder what would be oh, the... Yo,
1: like not even way, way before, <laughs> not no, way before MySpace. We're like a rudimentary website, you know, right. in black and white. I think we, are, we have a long way to go before we reach a kind of blockchain world And Web3 is nothing to get excited about. Mm. Web3 is nothing but what we already have, but running with more blockchain technology, being more secure, being safer, but therefore also making a huge trade off in terms of privacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. We still have not solved the problem of privacy. Yeah. Because life on Earth is not private everyone has a claim on you your friends have a claim on your identity the police have a claim on your identity the government has a claim on your identity everyone wants to know your identity right we have names for that reason uh, to establish an identity right we give each other names so that we can refer to a person's identity by a handle at the very end of that is not to to get too abstract it's like the Borg what is is that? Star Trek or star something Uh the idea of the hive mind where Uh the self disappears into uh, a collection of entities without an identity maybe we will get there sooner than we think. Maybe, um, I've had some interesting philosophical conversations about DAOs. If in a, in a governing system called a the DAO, there can be humans, but also machines, and also NFTs that represent whatever is behind the NFT, and that we don't know. And we accept the participation of non-human entities in uh, a societal uh, a system with a societal function then we are beginning to scratch at the at the very essence of what it means to be a human person Mm -hmm. and i think this is the end of the the metaverse now it's that's that's not a metaverse experience i mean games like in a sandbox is actually infinity that's that's a that's 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 Pac-Man, right? Yeah, no, even even Pac-Man a lot of is to Halo. Yeah,
0: yeah. even <laughs> Halo is Pac-Man, right? Because if you think even about the Halo is of AAA <laughs> games, they are either RPG of a certain types of spreadsheet updating through 3D avatar, or they are a yeah. particular type of shooters with a type of aiming kind of proximity function. So the truth is, the genre of game and and, and Satya talked about like metaverse is like, well, we 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 make Xbox, we know everything that happens in. games, and that's the metaverse. I don't disagree with it. Other than the fact that none of it, the fact that it's 3d doesn't mean anything, right. But it's the mechanics are so basic that that it is really not emergent. I I, I love this idea that humans and and these kind of uh, um, agents work in conjunction. So there's this thing about how What if DAOs is not about human voting to approve something, but something will be approved unless you organize the human to stop the automated bot who will approve it. So that this idea that the hive mind which is data science on top of actions and conversations essentially becomes a second order function to control yep. the flow. Then human can be human and machine will follow that human. Hopefully that algorithm is open source and running on open machinery and not privately running in a chain analytic data center. That is something I'm a big, big believer that if we're going to do data science on blockchain, the data science is to be open.
1: Yes yeah I agree. Uh, I think the only way to go forward is, is with open source. As we already have, we already can do that. What we don't have is the gen- the fully grown generation of people who understand data science enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in, in your immediate so- social environment, if you t- maybe it's different for you, but in my uh, in my circle of friends and acquaintances, I am the odd one out. Mm. You no, know, I am the head of blockchain research. People go like, what? <laughs> you do what? I mean, like, you trade Bitcoin? Is it? No, I don't trade yeah. Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Also it's, it's,
0: uh, you count Bitcoins. It's 19 million now. <laughs> <laughs> it's 19 I conc- million. I do quantitative research on figuring out how many Bitcoin. That's the only metric. I, I just
1: count the ones in my wallet. There's not <laughs> much there. <laughs> Yeah, no. no I, mean, I think, as always, any technological revolution is carried by people who are too young, too enthusiastic, and too driven by dreams and aspiration to realize the dangers hidden mm-hmm. behind it. Right? Yep. And and that is the natural state. Every big revolution was carried by the by the dumb 19 and 20-year-olds, right? Yeah, And that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Because people of yeah. my generation, we can't be bothered. We can't be asked to get out of bed and do a revolution, right?
0: Right, right. <laughs> and if you know too much, you know that there's no good outcome coming from being part of the revolution, right? Like revolution. Exactly. You
1: can sit on the sidelines, sip your <laughs> tea. say fight like, it up, boys.
0: Yes. No, I, I, I think the the... You know, I, I'm I'm quite involved in the uh, world of data science, and I'm personally an alumni uh, Columbia, and they have a data science institute I'm, that I'm I'm a patron of, and it is very, very basic right now. I think this idea of data science, as you know, is limited mostly by availability of data. You ask any person who actually do data science, it's like, I can't get the data to analyze. Um, And the side effect, and I, I think the privacy thing, Zuko, the only person really pushing for privacy, is not one of these people who are, you know, 19. He's been around for all these things, and he can see the risk of it. And he's been insisting and in drumming the uh, the tables like privacy. We cannot have decentralized security privacy, which I agree with. We need to get people to use it without them knowing it, the same way we get finally be able to get people to do encrypted messaging without them knowing it. But it takes some time to do that. I'm personally quite um, hopeful that the privacy technology get easy enough that it becomes like SSL certificate. It just becomes easy enough that encryption is by default and privacy is by default. There's gonna be a big time to do it. But I do believe that the data science explosion will happen when the data that you need to analyze and be a judge and help inform is more available than if you're Google, than only if you're in Google. The reason why AI researchers work for Google is because they're the only one with the data right but blockchain yep. does democratize data with some privacy with a lot of privacy risk but i think this general orientation that getting data becomes easier like i can just download the bitcoin blockchain and start mining that's not a bad you know statistic 101 or machine learning 101 exercise for person learning chain analysis right um so i am I'm, I'm hopeful that with the available data through blockchain there will be more scientists that can train on this data set and hopefully with the results of the algorithm do more good.
1: I think for the first time in my, in my observable academic career, we have a situation where academia does not lead. I was just recently at DTH in, in Zurich, the, mm-hmm. the, the one of Albert Einstein fame, right? Yes. Beautiful yeah. building and everything. And I had an evening talk there about my work with a group of students. And I mentioned, and they asked me what what do you find most interesting? And I told them, you know, the whole Bitcoin, a cyclical graph, and and this whole yep. technology, yep. like Constellation does. Uh, that is, for me, in my limited scope of, of understanding, the like the the avant garde of Bitcoin research is somewhere in the area of where Constellation sits with with their approach to to the solution and like the entire room of really, really bright minds looked at me and said, who, what? Constellation, who, what is that? And so I think I've never been in the situation that the voices coming from academia are so far behind or, or comparatively uninformed as in current data science as it relates to blockchain. Mm. Yeah, now yeah. you go to any university; they all offer courses now and and degrees, and then you go there and and they spend three weeks explaining what a Merkle tree is. Yeah, there's really there, there are no courses available that go beyond the most basic. Right? Mm-hmm. Second semester, learn a bit of solidity. What is a smart contract? I mean, right. come on, we've been in that for ten years. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that the, the somehow the the work of crypto web 3 blockchain decentralization doesn't fit within the current permission set um academia yeah. is a clan right like if using your thing there's a certain types of like totally. yeah, what kind of hats you wear determines what you are and what you look around and say am i allowed to do blockchain research and hmm. you go do blockchain research you better you know you, 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 you better tenure. make it, right? You better make it, right? <laughs> I'm not saying you'll lose your tenure, but you certainly lose lose a, quite a respect if they gain back through uh, some other means. Uh, I, 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 I am both uh, um, hopeful that the students who are extremely interested uh, in some cases, the gatekeeper, the graduate advisors, less so. So you get this weird thing where the higher you go up in the university hierarchy, the more not acceptable this is, but the lower you go. So we have a project right now with NYU and it was one of those things where you say, Hey, democratic model. You just put this brief out there say, Hey, do this research research project. We floated was NFT carbon credit, right? Using some analytics to calculate the carbon Mm -hmm. impact and then making sure that before you sell an NFT, you buy credit on a layer two chain to compensate kind of a, you know, t- talking about a mitigation strategy towards the carbon footprint, and also telling a story around, you know, climate and, and NFT. Nobody was quite interested in it, like, you know, and then was like, well, just write it and give it to the student. And the student's like, I love this, rated it very high within the thing. Yep. So we're seeing energy from the people who grew oh, up with Minecraft, and it's like this, this seems like, um, you know, a, a version of that, uh, but there, there's a lot of gatekeeping in between.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I find more than all, more often than not, I find myself in the weird situation that a student approaches me, talks about something that I have no idea what they're on about. I cannot follow for the life of me, and and I just nod and say, "Yeah, I think you're onto something. Go 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 ahead with your research." I hope I never have the chance and I will never give you the chance to embarrass me like that again because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and that that is rewarding in, in, in a way when when your own students are so much smarter and know so much more about a technology. And at the same time, they, they in the same class, you have people asking you, should I buy Shiba Inu? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah the the, the no, it the- is a wild west and it's an, it's an exciting yeah. it is the most exciting technology the most exciting field that I that I have ever worked in and and absolutely not for the money for the for the cryptocurrency for the trading aspect i am uh, so past that yeah there's yes. so many possibilities open and so many i think a lot about the the, the flip side of development right awesome. um there was a, on the first glance, for example, the, the identity, uh, a personal identity on the blockchain. I was involved in a project with uh, uh, healthcare data, personal health data, patient data.
0: Yep.
1: And then uh, your travel documents, everything on the blockchain. And I was doing this project with my students and Everybody was on the same page. Okay, This is the way to go forward. The only way to, to avoid your password being stolen and forged and having false identities is the blockchain. And then one of my students created his own model of a blockchain where he issued enough fake data to embed one set of real data. And it took us a long time to realize that the blockchain in its entirety isn't trustworthy unless you trust the people behind it mm, mm-hmm. right so again we again we are back to the problem of trust if i'm a government and i'm issuing passports on the blockchain the weakest link in there is the government trusting the company that makes that that solution right so yeah. that we we i don't think we will ever get rid of the human element
0: yeah yeah. You have to trust the person who makes the voting machine to trust the results of the voting in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we yeah. do, and we do, and there's validations. And But then again, not in every country, not in every regime, yeah. and not in every place where corruption may or may not be a bigger part
1: of the GDP. Uh, and even in countries where we trust, we have different fra- different factions who say, uh, you know, that's rigged. You know, all, all the, the, the Trump affair, the, the mm-hmm. stolen yep. election stuff. Yep. This is a civilized modern country, and yet we are fighting over a well-documented, well-counted election. Uh, the yeah. same is happening in every country now. You know, people read it on Twitter, you can challenge an election. We had it in Italy of all places, where there's never been an issue, but because people get so used to global ideas that mm-hmm. happen in parts of this global world, yeah. they take them with them and suddenly scream you know, wolf in a place where there are no wolves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's
1: because it- they saw it on the Twitter from America, right? Or they saw it on the news from America. So they think it must also happen in my backyard.
0: Yeah. And then this is the reason why it's so important for us to look at every technolo- technologist view through a humanist lens, because that's mm-hmm. the stuff, and that the way we look, and the way it's, it's now global, and we have to look at technology uh, through the combination of cultural uh, things You know, I grew up in Hong Kong, uh, educated in the British system, went to a U.S. high school and then an Ivy League university, right? That's like four different perspectives. But very few of my people that went to school with me have such a diverse view and you can't help but to see the world differently through all those lenses. And I think... Blockchain has one benefit, I think, in, in my own travels, is that when I was talking about Bitcoin, uh, when you were able to do that in my previous travel to China, the people in China was talking to me in a similar language. There are some uniting factor where we understand proof of work as the same thing. Uh, and, and hopefully the technology solutions and tools, it's almost like scientific sharing of knowledge, right? We have the same... Flask and apparatus. Now we just to figure out how to use it to build a society or build tools that will lead to the society that hopefully approaches something that human can comprehend. That human scale idea is brilliant. I think we have to make sure the technology we build in Web3 break down this size, this growth base, massive fang empire into smaller parts. And hopefully we're seeing that, right? DAOs, there are more DAOs than there are uh, in social network that is already a thing. But but there's a, just tremendous amount of democratization of technology tools to create DAOs. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of the work that we're doing at Carstack is about how do you democratize, democratize the software so that there's you're less relying on the person setting up the account and you can kind of mm-hmm. use this you know, shared key and structure to be the owner of these accounts. And that Mm -hmm. is really hard to do. It's very hard to have a DAO on a Salesforce.com account or Discord account. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be delegation of executive who has the main key in their email address. So could we extend the key management of Web3 to hopefully a replica or replacement of Web two tools that fit within that model, and that's the work we do in Castag. But I do believe that the, the 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 technology is only a tool, and at the end of the day, we can only build a society we can imagine.
1: We must not underestimate also the the law, right? We uh, yeah. we live in human societies based on that's, the rule of law. Yeah. Yes, and the yes. law does not yet recognize any technical entity. That's true this this famous thread going through science fiction of whether a robot is has a personality, and you know, the whole Asimov thought we we've gone beyond that. We now have to ask ourselves at one point at what point in the future is somebody going to ask to marry his board ape
0: mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Right? when do we bestow entity onto a technological concept yep that's. Yeah. And as of now, there's no, I talked to several law professors over the last year about the concept of DAO. and they just, they fully understand what it is, but they see absolutely no way to unite this with the law as it stands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, I work, I work at Uphold with securities. We also do, you know, traditional finance and securities and, Most of the work of our compliance department consists in answering the question, is this considered a security according to a securities act that is almost 100 years old? Yes, almost, yeah. No, we are trying to unite the most advanced blockchain technology with a 100-year-old law wrap your head, wrap your head around that, that Absolutely. is. Absolutely,
0: copyright the same thing. They've decided insane. that AI generated artwork that does not have a human behind that AI algorithm claiming as a work cannot register a copyright. Because copyright is for the protection of the livelihood of the human creator. That's the intent. So there's a, there, right. so, so there's gonna be a tremendous amount of friction. I think more so than even people who are in the legal field trying to write briefs and stuff like that. Uh, we have a long way to go to Unite. And, you know, the thing about law-like language is that, you know, eventually it models the accepted usage. You use the word and it becomes in a dictionary. My hope is that we do something with DAO's NFT, Web3, crypto and privacy and AI, and then hopefully some some good a uh, policy writer, maker follow the contour of the creation and write a law to match it. But at this right right now, oh my God, what a what a clash of of uh, of legacies! I
1: got I got started with blockchain in 2012 in, in Hong Kong actually, Hong Kong and Taiwan. And I think it's very telling that many of my friends who sort of were the earliest adopters of of, of Bitcoin. Have by now retired mm. in, in in places like Bali, and all they do is go fishing and drink beer on the beach.
0: Right,
1: right. I think this itself is very informative about how much we we value technology. It's very, very interesting for a while, but at one point you want to return to your human self and yeah, yeah, after yeah. all we are still caught in these bodies and these bodies have to feel comfortable yes. and once you reach a certain age they are not that comfortable anymore running four miles a day and and you know to pull in the grind in in, in manhattan and and all you want to do is get out in the countryside and play some golf and feed the ducks as my colleague yeah, Martin said. yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, um, the San Francisco fang engineer who is like now going to be woodworking in Idaho, right?
1: Like, yeah, really, I'm trying to figure out what I will do when I retire. Right, right. You pick I up a craft, right? You know? Yeah. I yeah. need Bali. I'm going to teach myself diving and fishing and yes. Bali or something. Yes. Spear right?
0: Like it's very visceral, right? <laughs> yeah, so,
1: yeah, something like
0: that. <laughs> so um, on that note, thank you so much for your insight. I think, I think uh, we've touched on topics that most blockchain webinar and podcast and fire chat that doesn't talk, talk about, but I, I think you revealed a very important, uh, um, uh, kind of possibility space, both bad and good. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a human experience and we live in our bodies and metaverse words of web three, we need to connect with each other. And, uh, you know, the technology has not been invented. Hopefully some kids who is listening to direct right now in between his Roblox session is going to give us, show us the way.
1: Absolutely, I think I think we, we there are exciting times to come for all of us. Yes, I hope I hope it turns out well. I hope this revolution turns out well and doesn't fizzle like many others.
0: Yes, yeah, so uh, you know my hope is that you know there is enough energy and enough capital and enough ability to pay the bills to give people enough time to iterate to find something.
1: And and there are so many much more pressing problems than blockchain. I work with, with children in Indonesia and, and India. I work with poverty alleviation programs and, 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 and uh, home for abandoned children from, from domestic workers from the Philippines. And stuff. There is so much human suffering still going on. Uh-huh. We shouldn't all obsess about the price of Dogecoin, right? <laughs> It sometimes feels obscene. Yes. It turned to, it, when when the war in Ukraine broke out, and I had to write my weekly research note for the company I said, Yeah. No, so, fuck it! I'm not going to write about crypto stuff now when there's people dying 450 kilometers to the east of mine. Yeah. And let's not forget the human element in all of this. I think. Absolutely. Let's you, let's put this in context. Put, put that yet on the blockchain.
0: Yes. And I don't know <laughs> if it does anything else if we do it in blockchain and then and, and the mechan- mechanism of technology uh, is, is, in, it's, is certainly only in support of the lived experience and all we can remember is how we live. So thank you so much for enlightening us today. Uh, and, thank uh, you for
1: having me.
0: And thank you uh, for the community uh, um, uh, to, to join us today. And uh, until next time,
1: uh, have a good day. Goodbye. Thank you.